0: The following talk is from St Michael's Folwell, a gospel centred community for Folwell, Teddington, and beyond. Our passion is to see every life following Jesus. For more information, visit our website stmichaelsfolwell.co.uk. Today, Toby's going to come and preach to us in a minute on uh, Advent. It's on the first Sunday of Advent. But before that happens, Trina's going to read to us from Genesis chapter 3. And it might be worth having uh, a finger in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 because she'll read a verse from there too. Thank you, Trina. Uh, So Genesis 3, verses 8 and 9, which is on page 5. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? And then... Uh, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 12, which is on page 1,154. For now, we see only a reflection, as in the mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Thanks so much, Trina. Um, Hello, everyone. Good evening. Great to see you. Uh, My name's Toby. Um, There should be a handout Around uh, at some point. Thanks, Bunyan. Good man, they're here. Um, uh, I'll pray as those come around. God, thank you that you are here. Thank you that you are with us now. Thank you that you are at work among us and speaking to us. Uh, please um, bless and guide this time and may our hearts be open to all that you want to be saying to us uh, and doing in us now by your word. Amen. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Uh, One day, or any moment now, Uh, it could be in a thousand years, or it could be before this talk is finished. It could be. Uh, It's traditional, as we said, to remember that on Advent Sunday, um, which is today. Uh, The Christian hope isn't just that God came to earth 2,000 years ago to walk in our shoes and die for our sins. It's that he is coming back again to make everything in the world right. And if we're trusting in Jesus, that day is going to be, without a shadow of a doubt, the best day of our lives. We were made to see God face to face. And on that day, we will. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 12 again. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. But right now we don't, we don't see God face to face. Three points to this talk, Uh, they're on the handout, rooted in 1 Corinthians 13 verse 12. Number one, right now we don't see God face to face and that is hard. Point two, we do see God, we just need to keep looking. And point three, one day we will see God face to face, so keep hoping. Point one, right now we don't see God face to face and that is hard. Adam and Eve saw God in the the Garden of Eden and they saw his face. They saw God face to face. They saw him, they talked with him, they walked with him. And this is what we were made for. He is the one who loves us most. He's the one we need most. And he is the source of all the beauty, all the goodness, all the joy in the universe. And we were meant to see all of that in his face every single day and our hearts were made to drink that in and be nourished by that every single day but in genesis chapter 3 verse 8 which we've read after adam and eve disobeyed god and had taken the fruit from the tree we read this should be on the screen as we've already read then the man and his wife heard the sound of the lord god as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day and they hid from the lord god among the trees of the garden But the Lord God called to the man. Where are you? He answered. I heard you in the garden. And I was afraid. Because I was naked. So I hid. And soon after this. They have to leave the garden. Distance is created. Between humanity. And God. Because of our sin. Because of the evil in our hearts. And we no longer see. The face of God. Now. Got to be clear, the Bible is really clear that God is omnipresent, that God is everywhere. And as Simon rightly said uh, in the talk this morning, God is not absent. Psalm 139, verses 7 to 10, on the screen again. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, Even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. In a real sense, God is everywhere. But, at the same time, because of our sin, there is a very real sense in our lived experience in which God is absent from our lives and from this world. He is a holy God. And what is perfectly good cannot mix with sin. Adam and Eve had to leave the garden. They could no longer see the face of God. And that's been true for humanity ever since. Exodus 33, verse 20. Uh, But God said, you cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. Or John 1, verse 18. No one has ever seen God. Or 1 Timothy 6, verse 16. Uh, God, who alone is immortal, who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see. And we see this dynamic lived out in the Old Testament in God's relationship with the nation of Israel. Only the high priest could go into the Holy of Holies, where God was, and only once a year after being properly cleansed. For the average Israelite, and for the rest of the nations of the world, access to God's presence in that sense was restricted there is a god shaped hole in our experience as individuals and as humanity and something of that remains true even after we've become christians even after our sins have been be- uh, forgiven through the death of jesus in our place even after we've been declared holy and brought back into intimate relationship with god again with his spirit living inside our hearts. Even after all that, Paul still writes, for now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. It's still then, not now. We still don't see face to face. And in our eagerness to talk about the ways in which we can know God now, we can know Jesus now, it's easy not to talk about what that absence is like what it's like that we're no longer in the garden, what it's like that Jesus ascended uh, and is in heaven. It's hard. It's really, really hard. Have you ever imagined what it would be like to pray, to speak to God, and to hear his voice immediately reply instead of wondering if we're just talking to the air? What it would be like to actually hear him say I forgive you, I love you, to watch his face as he looks you in the eye and says those words. Have you ever imagined what it would be like not to worry that he's not there, not to worry that maybe he doesn't exist because you look and you see him? Have you ever imagined what it would be like to not just affirm and trust in God's beauty and holiness and goodness and love but to fall on your knees in experiencing the fullness of it what it would be like to not have to carry the pain of unanswered doubts and questions where do you think you feel the absence of God most for me it's in all of these ways we live by faith not by sight And that is really hard. I find that really difficult. For most of humanity, this is a constant ache, a constant homesickness, a constant insecurity that we've gotten so used to living with. It's just sort of part of our assumed experience of life. All people feel the pain of this absence every day. But I think as Christians, in some ways, we feel it most of all uh, because we have a a better taste of um, what's not here. Better taste of what we were meant for. We weren't meant to do life on our own in this way. It wasn't meant to be this hard as individuals, as humanity. God was meant to be here. We were meant to walk with him and see him face to face every day. And in a real sense, because of what we have done, we don't have that. Frederick Buchner says that, God can sometimes be more conspicuous by his absence than his presence. That is sometimes our experience and it's okay to acknowledge that and it's okay for that to be hard. And we need to acknowledge it because otherwise we won't be able to make sense of our experience of this world. It's okay to want it to be different. The astounding thing is that Jesus experienced this same absence on the cross, more fully than we will ever have to. Matthew 27, verse 46. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, laba sabachthani, which means my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And do you know what the reply to his question was? Nothing. Silence. Jesus experienced the fullness of separation from God because of sin in our place so that we don't have to. The separation that we feel is partial. His was total. But it's still really hard. That is part of the picture. That is part of our experience as Christians. But it's not the whole picture, it's not the whole of our experience. That's point one, right now we don't see God face to face, that is hard. But point two, we do see God, we just need to keep looking. 1 Corinthians uh, 13 verse 12 again, For now we see only reflection as in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. We do see, we see a reflection as in a mirror, we know in part, but we do see, we do know. Where and how? Where do we see God? How can we see God? Well, the first and by far the most important place is in Jesus, the Son of God, revealed to us in the Bible, in his word, and in his gospel, in his good news. Hebrews chapter one, verse three, the Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. Jesus is the exact representation of God's being. When we're looking at Jesus, we are looking at God. And then John chapter 5, verse 39. This is Jesus talking. You study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. The scriptures testify about Jesus. This means that the, the whole Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, shows Jesus to us. So, one of the ways that we can see God now is by reading the Bible, seeing Jesus revealed to us there as his Holy Spirit helps us to see. It is not just a reading about Jesus or a learning more about Jesus, it is a spiritual seeing of Jesus, which means that we should go regularly to the Bible on a hunt to see more of God, more of God in Christ. And our hearts need that. They need to drink deeply of that every day. Where else? Where else can we see God now? Uh, Creation. The world that God has made. Romans chapter 1, verse 20. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made. This is amazing. It means that God created the world in such a way that it would Show him to us. God wanted us to look at the world around us and see him, see him revealed. Or Psalm 19, verses one to two. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. The skies, and I think you can add to that, the mountains, the seas, the rivers, the forests, all of creation shows us what God is like. Shows God to us all the time. Which means that we should be constantly looking around us with open eyes, eager to see more of God in the world that He's made. There's a Christian musician called Andy Gullihorn who uh, said that he, in, he wrote a line that, that said, We're walking through a garden full of burning bushes looking up to heaven for a sign. Uh, just meaning that around us all the time are Miraculous signs of of God's glory and beauty revealed to us through his creation. And it's easy to miss. As soon as you start looking, you start to see it absolutely everywhere. The most mundane parts of creation that we normally ignore. um, If we we really look at them and we really see suddenly they're filled with beauty and complexity. Uh, Just look at a leaf. The next leaf you see pick it up have a look have a proper look Uh, it's incredible Um, the next time you're walking by a river by the sea uh, you see the way the light is hitting each little ripple um, and just sort of sparkling Uh, there's just infinite examples of tiny little things like that that if you actually stop and look are are miraculous they are uh, glimpses of the glory of God revealed to us in the world that he's made another Christian songwriter a guy called Rich Mullins Uh, said, everywhere I go, I see you. And he wrote these lyrics. And if I were a painter, I do not know which I'd paint, the calling of the ancient stars or assembling of the saints. There's so much beauty around us for just two eyes to see, but everywhere I go, I'm looking. So in his word, in Jesus, in creation. Thirdly, in our experience. Acts chapter 17, uh, verse 27, 28. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. Though he is not far from any one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. In him, in God, we live and move and have our being. And Psalm 139 that we read earlier, uh, where can I go from your presence? God is everywhere, all around us and he wants us to reach out and find him he's made us in such a way that we can do that which means that we should be careful not to be too prescriptive on where god might and might not be found uh, in in people made in his image in stories in the quiet in dreams in the still small voice in the details of our lives Everything has to be weighed against the Bible. But who knows where God might be showing himself to you in your experience as you live and move and have your being in him. God is making himself known to us in a thousand different ways all the time. But it is possible to miss that. It is possible to not see that. It's possible to read his word, to walk through his creation to live and move and have your being in him without ever actually seeing him. I think we have to start by quietening ourselves and asking for his help, asking for spiritual eyes to see. Asking for him to help us be open to encountering him wherever he wants to encounter us in his word, in his world in our lives and then living life coming to him in all these places all these ways with open eyes and waiting to see what he does and slowly we will see more Ephesians 1 to 18 I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the glorious father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you. It's a prayer God's given us for spiritual sight that we would know him more and more. So keep looking, keep searching everywhere you go. Uh, as we as we do this, um, life kind of becomes a, a joyful chasing after more of God. Um, life is really exciting, live like that. Um, Julian of Norwich uh, said this, excuse the old English, Um, she said, and when we see anything of God by grace, then we are moved by the same grace to seek with great longing to see him more joyously, and so I saw him and sought him, and I had him and I wanted him, and this is and should be our usual way of proceeding in this life as I see it. We see something of God, and that motivates us to seek more. We have something of him and we want him more and we keep looking. And he shows us more and more as we go. So point one, we don't see God face to face. That's hard. Point two, we do see God. We just need to keep looking. Point three, one day we will see God face to face. So keep hoping. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 12 again. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. As wonderful as all those ways are that we just talked about, uh, as wonderful as the Bible is, as creation is, as experiences of God are, there's still only a partial kind of seeing. But it won't always be this way. It won't always be this hard. It won't always be a chase. It won't always be partial. Trees need the sun. Um, If they're going to stay healthy and alive and thrive, they need to see the sun regularly. We know that. Um, We need to see God like trees need to see the sun. But when we rejected God, we became like trees that have rejected the sun, trees that have uprooted themselves uh, and hidden in the dark basement of a house somewhere away from the sunlight if we're Christians Jesus has come into that basement and found us there huddled in the dark and brought us up the stairs out into the light uh, of the living room and carefully put us right next to the window and there we can see and feel something of the sun that's our reality now as Christians but one day Jesus is coming back and he's going to blow the walls off the house And we will finally feel the fullness of the sun on our faces. We will finally see what we've never seen. What we were created to see. The face of our God. Revelation 21 verses 3 to 4. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. And he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. This is our hope. Jesus is coming back and we will see him face to face. Heaven will come to earth and God will dwell with his people again. No matter how hard things get here, something better than anything we've ever experienced is just around the corner. It's coming and nothing can stop it. It's going to be everything we have ever dreamed of and more. The answer to our deepest, best longings. So let's keep hoping, keep longing, looking forward to that day. And as we do that, we can remember the the end of 1 Corinthians 13 verse 12. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. We are fully known. Each one of us right now is fully known by God. All our fears, hardships, struggles, God is not distant. God is near. He draws near to know us and to comfort us. And meet us in the places where we feel his absence most acutely. In those places, God is there. And he tells us that it's okay. That it won't always be this way. And that he is coming back to wipe away every tear and make all things well. Should we pray? And then we're going to sing to him in response. God it's hard to be far from you and we miss you and we want you and we want to be with you and we're sorry that we have separated ourselves from you but thank you for Jesus who came to us who came to find us who came to bring us back home to you so that we can know you Lord, we long to see his face. Thank you for all the ways that we can know you now. Thank you for all the ways that uh, we can see and know Jesus now. Please, God, show us more and more. Open the eyes of our heart to see you. And fill us with anticipation and hope for that day when Jesus will return and we'll see our God face to face. And all will be made well. Thank you that that day is coming. Amen.